If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. We're live. I am home. Tom is home. Matthew's in the studio, but we're live. We're good to go. So if you're in the chat, we're here. We can see you. And if you're listening around town, it may sound a little different. I don't know, but uh, we are here and we're good to be back. Glad to be back. Actually, very intrigued. I mentioned this last hour. I'm fascinated to see what kind of game Florida State plays this weekend. I suspect to you, Tom, that this is going to be a a solid effort. We're going to feel good because if not, I think we have – very, very uh, good reasons to be extremely concerned. Yeah, this is one of those situations where if the first quarter has a little bit disjointed, you're coming off of a bye week. I don't know that it has anything to do with attention to detail. Uh, so I'll give you a pass out of a bye if you, if you come away, you know, from your first, second drive, a little clunky. Uh, but they, the coaching staff has talked about, uh, you know, wanting to improve on last year's response to 4-0. They did start 4-0 a season ago, so they have yet another talking point that they can hammer home with the players of, you know, we've done this before. Now let's go do something different. Um, I I am interested to hear the practice reports from this week, but last week it was impressive. Uh, They didn't just kick back, relax, and do nothing at practice. So uh, I think that edge is going to be part of what's going on here. They're going to be happy to be home too. One home game, and we're going to be into, you know, October 6th, 7th territory. Uh, you get three in a row here. This is how you get right. This is how you get in a rhythm. I think they're going to be excited to play. If they play well in these remaining games, I mean, if you think about the situation, uh, Miami has to come here. That will be a raucous atmosphere. Florida State's just straight up much better than both Virginia Tech and Syracuse. You should take care of business in those games. You look at the schedule as a whole. Now Florida's offense is as woeful as they thought it was going to be. And, uh, you know, this is a group that got beat up front on the offensive and defensive line this past weekend against Kentucky. So maybe they're not uh, even decent. I thought they'd be decent. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about that. Now that I'm watching them drop 14 points against Kentucky, that's problematic. Uh, apparently there, his press conference, Napier's press conference was a little testy today. I'm like, yes, mm. let it happen. 
let it get a little unruly down there in Hogtown. It'd be beautiful. So hopefully they're, you know, fending off a crash at this point. But uh, you really can see the path to remaining undefeated and playing that ACC championship game. I just want that attention to detail to be better. I want Jordan Travis to play better. I think he can be a lot better than he was through these first four games. You know, one of the things when you go back and look at those four games, there are moments in time where he's sharp, and then there are stretches where he doesn't play well. And sometimes when I bring that up, people get a little testy, but you can you can win a game going away and still not play well because you make a bunch of poor decisions that your athleticism allows you to overcome or another player makes a play for you because his athleticism is greater than that of the player going against him, but not because you made the right throw or the right decision or the right read. Yeah, I mean, you heard at the top of the hour that the number for this week, it's around 26, give or take. Um, that That's what Vegas thinks about the spread. So in a situation like that, often we will, and with a veteran team like Florida State, often the talking point would be they're going to be vanilla today and you're not going to learn a whole lot. You can still learn a lot in this game, even in this spot with that kind of a number, because I want to know what our base is. What is our base offense? What is our offensive identity? What do the coaching staff look at over the course of the bye week and say, this is what we need to be about? We need to be X, which it could be four wide the whole time, or, or sorry, four pass targets. Uh, the whole time. It could be five wide and empty more often. It could be that they want to run a little bit different. Maybe not as much counter as in years past. Maybe there are personnel changes. Mike Norvell said today in the press conference that Robert Scott and Akeem Dent are close to coming back. That's big news in the offensive line, both places really, but especially on the offensive line. What do we want to be moving forward? We got by kind of stuck betwixt between offensively boom or bust, but how do we get to consistent? How do we get to five yards and six yards on first down so that we're, we're not in third and long as much. How do you get there? And, and what does Mike Norvell, what does Alex Atkins say about uh, what they want this offense to be? So this is a cool spot because typically you wouldn't learn much, but I think you can learn a lot about Florida State this weekend given what they, uh, what they self-scouted during the bye week. I just don't think that Mike is ever going to give in to the idea that they can't run the ball. You know, I, I know that it may be, and I've called for this a little bit, I think that you can play tempo and spread people out and have four really difficult matchups on the field at any given time, maybe five, and uh, and play fast and throw the ball and be in an efficient offense throwing the ball first and foremost and running off of that uh, if you wear people down and build a lead. But I just don't think Mike wants to do that. But he's going to need his quarterback to read it better. He's going to need his quarterback to make better decisions and more accurate passes, and he's going to have to run his quarterback at some point. And I think when that happens, this offense hums. When it doesn't, it doesn't. Period. It's that simple. He's got they. When, when Jordan's running the ball, I actually think he's. This is going to sound strange, and I have no correlating evidence, so I could be talking out of my butt. I always feel like Jordan Travis throws the ball better when he's also a willing participant in the run game. I yeah. feel he's he becomes a much more complete quarterback and player, and involved and focused player at the position when he's also involved in the running game, when he's just chucking it uh, and not utilizing his legs or can't, if he's hurt or whatever it might be, I think he struggles a little bit. Well, so, that's, yeah, that's a new thing. You know, this is, this offense is comprised in a different way. Uh, his first year as the starter or as a part-time starter, nobody could catch a pass. Nobody could win a one-on-one. It got better last year. It got even better this year. It's funny. It's like, you know, following a basketball team and it looks great when everybody's making the shots and they're right. the greatest team. If Jordan was more accurate with his downfield passing, we wouldn't be talking about this. We'd be talking about how he's this year's Max Duggan, who threw the ball 20 plus yards down the field over 18 percent of the time. Yeah. Basically, one in five throws were bombs. 
And these are one-on-one matchups that he's throwing to. Is there a better option for Jordan? Absolutely. There's a lot of open things underneath that we've seen through the first four games. Don't get me wrong. But if he's more accurate with his downfield passing, and a lot of these throws are outside the numbers, which is his best throw, I don't know that we're talking about it quite as much. But the good thing is that when you're trying to become a team that is going to make the college football playoff and be elite, it's the details that set you apart. And we haven't been that great in the details yet. And that's where they've got to clean it up. No, we haven't. And I'll tell you, even if he was more accurate with his downfield throws, I wouldn't like the base for that offense to be that. Sure. I, I don't want that. I don't think that helps our running game at all. And I don't, and I believe you'll face a team that has a good secondary at some point, And that becomes a really low percentage play, even with good receivers. And then you're screwed. So I, I don't, that's not what our offense should be. I know what you're saying, but I, that just should not be our offense. Yeah, agreed. I'm not saying that I, I aspire for the Jeff Bowden offense to be a thing. I'm just saying that we would be talking about it less if he was as accurate through four games as he was in camp. And maybe that speaks to him not being 100%. Uh, but these aren't throws that he hasn't made before with consistency. So uh, we'll see. I, I agree, though. I, I'd like to see chunk plays over the middle, quick passes where you get Destin Hill in a one-on-one. Remember that kid? He's been a unicorn. Then he arrived, and now he's gone again. And does he exist? But you get a guy like that in a one-on-one or a Jaheim Bell, they break a tackle and they go house call it. That's what Keon Coleman did for the first touchdown of the season was a short pass he took to the house. Yeah, he makes a guy miss, breaks a tackle, and he's gone. And, you know, he's the, that kind of player. So is uh, Jaheim Brown. And, I, I mean, I, I just don't know – or Bell. Uh, I just don't know why we haven't seen that. And it's interesting because I think the very thing that I lauded Jordan Travis for a year ago was when he started attacking the seams and started reading that consistently well and you know married that to his legs and you had the ability to attack all parts of the football field which really made us very difficult to defend down the stretch we became so versatile in the ways that we attacked your defense and you had to really worry about defending the whole field and uh, that that's that's when this offense hums and now you've got the players to do it now you got guys that could really exploit those matchups if they get in single coverage. And so I just, I, I'm very surprised. I, I feel like this was a, a good bye week for more than just health. I think Mike needed to look in the mirror a little bit and needed to have a sit down with Jordan, needed to talk about it with Alex and kind of figure out what do we want to be? And yep. frankly, he's had to have a, probably a very serious conversation with Alex, Alex Atkins about what they can be. Based on what he sees as the offensive line strengths, you know, Alex, are we changing up personnel here? Are we getting buyers off the field to tackle? Cause he's been terrible. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting to talk about what they'll do with those guys. Yeah. Our Wilmer says, what's our first down efficiency. And that's, I mean, it's not good. It's not good enough. You're, you're not in second and four. Like, how often are you in second and two or second and four and with this offense? It should be something that happens more often, but I will say, the middle of the field for the tight ends should be much more open moving forward because Clemson's linebackers are no longer on the screen. <laughs> and they were really, really good. We're, we're not attacking the seams against Boston College, and their linebackers aren't really, really, really good. Yeah. Not with consistency, but Jaheim did get that touchdown that wasn't called a touchdown, and it exists. It's there, but it, it could be there a whole lot more often because it's, it's such an easy throw. Like, you know, Jordan, let them do the work for you. Let them go out and get in the open field, my man. You don't have to make the perfect throw 40 yards down the field. We've got guys that can make three dudes miss. That's the that's the point of having a collective like we do and bringing in players like we do. <laughs> that is the point of having a collective like the battle's in. Uh, bringing in talent, retaining talent. You get to where you look around the country. We're talking about the balance, the competitive balance that we see. And I think you get to a place now where you're you're almost like an 
amateur GM because of the arrow we're watching, you and I get to sit back just like every other fan and go, all right, what are we going to need in the portal next year? It's like, it's the draft. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, who would I retain? And who would I say, have a good day? And who would I, you know, like, because in essence, anybody you don't give a contract to, you're telling them have a good day. <laughs> yes, indeed. In, in so many words, like you might be able to find that third or fourth, uh, you know, NIL organization down the line. And that's wonderful. Uh, but you're not going to get the big payday. And I wonder if and when Florida State can get that big TV money, buddy, that we're just pining for. And I see that Clemson is finally starting to leak stuff to the press that maybe something's coming down the pike for them. Uh, but if you get that big money, do you create a scouting department in which Florida State scouts are in attendance somewhere at a Division Two or a Division Three game? Because that's what the NFL teams do. And, and maybe that's the smart thing in this day and age of NIL. You're always looking for more talent somewhere else. That's hilarious. You go to like an Indiana game where Walt Bell just got fired yeah. and you're like, did Walt have anybody? John, go up there this weekend. Let's go up to Bloomington. See if Indiana's got anybody. They got like a slot receiver we can use for next year. You know, like- I, I got to tell you, I looked at warmups today and 82. We need to go get 82. Trust me. They're not playing them. They're nuts. But 80, let's go make them an offer. You give him like 10 bucks. He'll, he'll come I- down here. I'd like the job to to be sent all over to go watch other teams' offenses and see misused personnel. I'd be like, you know, Michigan State's got quite a few dudes out here that are just being completely misused that could really play. I mean, Keon Coleman obviously could really play, and they did use him. But, I mean, I'm looking at linebacker. I mean, let's go. He's a valuable asset on the field on a game day. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, you know, what if Tony Tokars was the guy that hits the road? Like, oh, my God, Tokars is in Bloomington today. What does he know? Why <laughs> is he Tony scouting? Yeah. Who's he yeah. scouting? <laughs> yeah, I, that would be a fun job if you like to travel incessantly during football season. But you could go see a lot of traditions, a lot of campus, a lot of stadiums, a lot of other. Yeah, it's going to. It's going to happen. So, you know, obviously the, the bye week, we had great coverage of warchant.com and, you know, Michael Langston's, you know, talking about where Coach Norvell is in the Southeast region. He gets in the chopper to show up and whatever. Right. But some head coach during a bye week is going to be in the stands eating popcorn and, and, and it's going to be a power five football game. And there they are. And they'll make the TV and people say, whoa, look at that. Mike Norvell is here at Syracuse. Interesting stuff on a bye week. I think that's the wave of the future. The uh, the teams I'm, – I'm looking, by the way, I, I went through – there's a bunch of articles today because of this parody that we're talking about, um, how all of these teams are going to have to finish their year to be able to get into the playoffs. So, like, in the Big Ten, you know, you have these big matchups that come down the line with Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan and all these. We're doing it in the ACC, too. Now, we've already – I love being in the clear of the Clemson game, knowing that Really, the Miami game is going to help decide it all. Obviously, we're going to have to play well against Duke because they got a good defense, and we'll see. But I'm now doing this every week. I'm sitting around going, okay, what scenario creates the best buzz for Florida State? And it could be a matchup in Big the Big Ten. It could be a matchup in the Pac-12. It could be a matchup in the SEC. I'm just sitting – because I'm, I'm looking down the line of you beat so-and-so who also beat so-and-so land. That's where we've gone, transitive all the way. Now I'm kind of like, well, I need – that's why I was sitting there watching the other night, watching LSU's defense give up yeah. 55 points and 700 and some odd yards, and I thought, well, damn it, man. 
Just negate our win, why don't you? And this is why you're watching Duke down the stretch saying, come on, come on. This is going to be a high-profile game. Finish the job. You have wins over Clemson, and you have wins over Notre Dame before you get to Tallahassee. Come, They would line up to come down here and cover that game because of the Duke novelty and the Florida oh, State yeah. brand, you know? And it's just, and unfortunately, it doesn't happen. But Duke was our one of our biggest hopes to help bolster our resume. If that doesn't say that 2023 is backwards, I don't know what does. Well, I'll think about it this way. The team we played this weekend just absolutely uh, just bludgeoned Pitt. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a Pitt team that does that to everybody else. Even in years where they don't win the, you know, they only won the conference once. But if, if they're in it, they don't always do that. And when they're bad, they sometimes do that. They're always physical. That's how they're taught to play. And yet, it was Virginia Tech that did that. We couldn't see this version of Pitt coming. That was a game later in the year that I was very worried about. Now I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about almost every other game but that game. Yeah, it's because their offensive line is awful. It's awful. Oh. I remember seeing a note through, I think it was three weeks, and the pressure rate against was like 40%. Poor Phil Dracovic, man. He cannot find an offensive line in his entire career. He played behind one of the worst offensive lines in Power 5 football the last 10 years, including ours because we had a few of them. At BC, last year's offensive line was cheeks for yeah. BC. And now this pit offensive line, which is usually one of the best parts of their team. The pressure rate is through the roof. Well, he'll have to sit down and get him some Zaxby's to feel better. A big old chicken sandwich, thick cut buns and pickles. Ooh, this is all good. I like it. Maybe throw a little cheese on there too, Tom, if you want. They'll do it for you. I didn't know they were breaking out the thick-cut buns, but let's yeah, do it. And, uh, they, they, hey, who doesn't like thick-cut buns? They, hey, now, it's some pickles. Yeah, let's do it. They got the fried uh, chicken little, Philly. The fried chicken Philly this Saturday. It would be good little, weather for a Philly. Little Zach sauce, man. Do it up with those crinkle-cut fries. Forget about it. Good times. Good times. That's what one of your 72 neighborhood Zaxby's. 72 Zaxby's to choose from in town. Really can't miss it. You'll find it. Go get it. Zaxby's proud golden chief booster for over 18 years. Jeff Cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver and his team at artisan financial strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to knollretirement.com. Now, that's one word noelretirement.com Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show sponsored by Legendary Home Loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans visit fsuhomeloans.com fsuhomeloans.com Rolling on as uh, I 
Irish Chappelle will join us in about five minutes or so. Going to do so via video. You'll get to see the great fox will arrive here, and uh, we'll, we'll be able to see him on the, on the window there. We won't have that picture from 1987. Uh, instead, it'll be here in person, and we'll have the chance to uh, to pick his brain. I'm glad he's feeling better. It seems the whole city got sick. You got out of town just in time, Tom. I stayed home and let everybody else be sick and locked myself in. Yeah, that was a smart move. I, I don't know, though. The uh, the folks around Orlando and Lake Buena Vista said it was going around. And uh, I was on many a public transport, and I was in many a, a line. So we are knocking on wood. Hopefully there was enough uh, in the way of uh, tasty, delicious beverages to kill any germs that came my way. But we'll find out. It's going to be a foot race. You know, one of the things that you missed by not being on Thursday's show, buddy, was uh, my little five-minute window to break down just how bad our basketball team is going to be. Oh, well, I don't want to relive that. Uh, let's no. let it stand by itself on Thursday. It, it'll yeah. stay out there forever. There you go. I just I was staring at that roster, and I was looking at what we are, and I thought, hmm, okay. All right, don't have that to look forward to. Well, <laughs> Yeah, we're finding out this week if there is uh, going to be a change and there's expected to be a change in transfer portal windows. But I will say, as much as I couldn't stand it last year because it's a 24-hour cycle, anybody could commit at any time or enter the portal at any time, 60 days worth of it over, over the course of two periods. Yeah, uh, It did help move things along in basketball season, the transfer portal, because we were getting a lot of dudes and we were retaining a lot of dudes as well. So uh, that that does help move the offseason in a way like the NFL does, where you have little events that are scattered about on the calendar. Now, next up on the list should be moving signing day back to February. Can we please do that? I would like them to do that. By the way, there is a rumor out there that they're going to be making some big time changes to the transfer portal uh, in, in almost all sports across the board. Uh, that the NCAA is looking into doing that. I find it fascinating because I, I got to say, if you think about a big picture, like I, I think the portal certainly has been very good for college football as far as that competitive balance that I talk about. Uh, obviously, it's been very good for this program, but I don't think they ever intended it to be what you see in some cases like Colorado, the most obvious example, where you have 60 guys come in from somewhere. You know, I, I'll be curious to see if they shut that down. What happens with yeah. that process? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we talked about this before, but a, a path out, and I don't know if they're going to use it, is, you know, guaranteed scholarships for three, four years or one year. And what does the kid commit to? And I think if you commit to a one-year renewable because you're a really good player and you'd like to renegotiate your, your setup every year, then you can go somewhere else and it's not a penalty. But if you go three or four years and you commit to Florida State and you say, I'm for the next three years signing on the dotted line, I need to sit out a full season if I decide to leave Florida State because I don't like the situation. You know, that's just too bad, young man. Like, we, we got to find a way to rein this in and, and overcorrect it back the other way. I get it. The coaches were free to do whatever they wanted. The players could not. The correction was was in spirit correct. But, and that's using the word correct a lot. But it's got to get back to the middle here. Well, I think, I think most everybody would agree to, to that extent. I, I do think it's fascinating, though, because the NCAA was a, I mean, absolute laughingstock for the better part of the last three years where basically the courts told them they had no power. And once that happened, you just saw the free for all that we're talking about. And now because not everybody likes the way the system is set up, they're begging the NCAA to do something about it. It didn't look like the NCAA could. And now it appears just based on their own rumblings that they are going to attempt to. Now we'll see if this gets challenged, but a lot of people thought that the NCAA was powerless. They're going to try to exercise some 
authority. And to some degree, they already have. Look at our situation with Daryl Jackson. And yep. look at, you know, there's players around the country where this has held true. And nobody has sued. I was waiting for the lawsuits to happen. And it hasn't happened. The kid at North Carolina didn't sue. And obviously, Daryl Jackson hasn't sued. So it'll be fascinating to see. Maybe they still have some teeth, I suppose. Uh, we'll, we'll know in, in due time. By the way, that happened too while you were gone. Daryl Jackson is eligible if we go to the college football playoff to play for Florida State this year. Yeah, we had known that, uh, that you know, semesters are, are an important thing to watch yeah. in this circumstance. Uh, but I, I was at practice uh, when Mike, it, it was a good question by Aslan, and, and Mike was like, oh, no, it's a reality. It, he went, it was a possibility, and then oh, it's, it's a reality that Daryl Jackson is going to be postseason yeah. eligible. And so if Florida State can get to the playoff, man, that – that, well, that, changes was, a, that changes a lot. And he just happened to be awesome that day in practice, too, which he routinely is. <laughs> I, get, I get he's fresher than a lot of other guys, and so therefore yeah. it might be a little bit unfair, but yeah. man, to get that dude back in the rotation would be something else. I see my man Ira Chappelle is ready to go. Let's bring him in. Let's talk some Florida State football and get Ira's perspective. Hello, good sir. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing? Good, buddy. By the way, you and I got a lot to talk about on Coach Speak this week. <laughs> there's, there's some good stuff already out there. Sweet. My, my man Billy Napier is getting testy down in Gainesville, buddy. He's barking back at his uh, at the at the press there after that ass kicking they took. So we're gonna have to use that one for sure. You love to see it, uh, and really more than anything, you you just love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it is right. Yeah. What'd you learn from the coaches today? I heard you asking questions. Uh, I could see what you were getting at with time of possession and all of that. What is it uh, that stood out to you about what Mike or Alex or anybody had to say today? Yeah, I mean, I think that Mike Norvell seems to be in the same headspace as probably you and me and Tom and Corey and everybody else that covers the team and the, and the fan base that, you know, you have a explosive offense over here that hasn't really got as many opportunities as you were thinking for two reasons. Number one, you haven't possessed the ball as long as you wanted to when you had it. You've had some three and outs. You've had some uh, – or maybe you got a first down but kind of, uh, kind of got into a rut, taking some high, low percentage plays. And then on the other side of it, probably the bigger issue is you haven't been able to uh, get teams off the field and teams want to possess the ball sure. because they don't want your offense on the field. So, and, you know, I mean, he's clearly all over that. And that clearly was a, a big point of uh, emphasis during their bye week. So I think, um, I think you'll see that manifest in a couple of ways. And one of them defensively is I do think they're going to force, try to force the issue a little bit. He was quick to say, that's not, that doesn't mean always blitzing, but, it, but it also means maybe dictating the terms a little more than they have. And then on the other side of the ball, I think that they've—I bet they've kind of worked on some things running game-wise um, in terms of figuring out exactly what some of these guys could do. And get, if they get Robert Scott back, Maurice Smith apparently is clearly healthy, uh, totally healthy now. Jordan Travis sounds like he's getting closer to 100%. Now you may see the offense uh, that you thought you were going to have all year, and if that's the case, that may solve some of those issues in the running game by itself. It'd be huge. I mean, I, I really think Jordan's health is is principally at play here because when he's healthy, he's going to run. There's no chance we watch this guy just not run all year long. I mean, he's had very few called runs, and then he won't run when he scrambles. So it's it's clear that he was protecting himself, which is fine, and protecting that shoulder and whatever else if he was dinged. But if he gets right and you can utilize him, we've seen how that opens up the offense. And I, I said, I posited last hour, Ira, I think he's a better passer when he's, when he's running the football as well. When he's involved – as a runner, I think everything opens up for him. I agree 100%. You know, and I know some people feel like, listen, you've got these wide receivers. Let's just kind of spread the field and start chucking it all over the place. 
But not only is he a better passer, I think, when he's running, but I also think the offense just becomes much more dangerous. Yes. Now the defense has to respect that run. If Jordan Travis shows he's a threat as a runner, that makes life so much better for Trey Benson, makes life so much better for the other running backs, the offensive line, and then also that eventually that passing game because now defenses have to respect it. So, yeah, man, I think that's going to be a big deal. I also think it helps that you're not going to see Clemson again. And that, you know, that defensive front was – as good. good as as good as they're going to see all year until yeah. maybe they make it to the playoff again, and uh, yeah, I, I just think that this, if they can unlock that, I think it, it would change everything for the offense. Yeah, and then I think they may have accidentally figured out who they have to be on defense. Um, teams have kind of forced them to figure that out with the halftime adjustments that that Adams been able to make. And to his credit, on the one hand, he's made those adjustments. On the other hand, you'd like to see it carry over from week to week, and it really hasn't at least not to start games. But I have a sense they will be aggressive. I know what you're saying. They're not going to blitz all the time. But I think they are going to be in a very aggressive front. I think they're going to have their guys, you know, play upfield. Let's go. You know, this is this sitting back stuff is not who they are. And it's I'd rather them give up a big play while being aggressive than let a guy get confidence picking you apart while you're in zone. I, I, it drives me nuts watching it. I have a feeling they'll be much more aggressive for the remainder of this season. Yeah, and I mean Adam Fuller admitted it that they they their corners their their defensive backs in general have to be better about playing tighter coverage. So even in the plays where we don't feel like they're being very aggressive, you can still play tighter coverage. Sure, they they have not done that. And then the other thing I thought was interesting today was when we talked about Akeem Dent. Adam Fuller brought it up on him, on his own, and then later when I asked him about Akeem Dent possibly coming back this week, which he could, which would be a big deal. It's a guy who started thirty two games at safety. If you get him back, that would be big as well. He hasn't played since early in the Southern Miss game. But he right, went right back to challenging the young DBs and how badly they want to get those guys on the field. And I think they're at a point where they've got, you know, Conrad Hussey and K.J. Kirkland and Quindarius Jones and some of those guys in the secondary who are impressive freshmen. I think he's really challenged them this week to say, listen, don't just assume you're a backup so this is a wasted year. Fight get in there, you know, show, make us not make us play you. And I think you, you're going to see some more opportunities maybe for some of those younger, younger defensive backs, especially as you play a Virginia tech, maybe as you play a Syracuse, as you, as you go in the season, because you may need those guys later in the year. Cause they've got a ton of talent. Well, and that's the main thing too. I, I think the reason he wants those guys at corner and safety to be able to get out there and earn and force them to play him is because their upside's better than who you have out there, frankly. I mean, it, it is. Long-term upside yeah. is better. And they're longer, they're more athletic, they're they're good football players who I think have a chance to be very good, but they got to get out there. And I can see why he's challenging them because somebody can emerge from that. That's one of those positions where a freshman can really aid your team. There aren't too many yeah. where a true freshman can come in and, and make an impact on your team, but that's a position they can. If you have that length and athleticism, and they do, you just got to know scheme. You just got to know what they're doing. Really, the only reason they have been out there is because they don't know what they're doing when they get the chance. Right, one hundred percent. And in these games, you had such a tough first month. You know, you you know, you weren't going to do it in the LSU game. Yeah. Boston College, your first road trip, and then that game got dicey, really weird. I mean, it was weird. just a strange game. And then you you have Clemson on the road, so you're not going to use them there. Well, now you've got a chance. In a normal world, like look at Georgia, they had basically three preseason games. You could do some of that early in the year. Florida State, because of the schedule didn't have those opportunities. Yeah, Michigan's had the same thing, and they've stomped everybody yeah. they've played, and so it's kind of hard to get a read. This is a fun year where you're really 
you feel the pressure to get this remedy, the little things that are plaguing the team, whether it's the running game on offense, whether it's coming out and starting well on defense and pressuring the quarterback, whatever it might be, because you look around and you realize, man, I don't know. (laughs) There's like 15 teams that could win the national title right now. Like every one of us, like I think Florida State has serious flaws, but they could fix them. I think this team over here has serious flaws, but they could fix, you know, there's a lot of these type teams. Normally you and I are like, well, ain't nobody beating this team. Nobody's beating that team, right? That's not the case this year at all. Not at all. And the only teams that have looked dominant, really Michigan's about it. It's because they haven't played anybody. Georgia looked that way until they had played somebody with a pulse and Auburn's not great. They just, they're a decent team. And, And so you look at Southern Cal, the second half of that game against Colorado. I mean, those were on both sides of the ball. Yeah. The offense didn't look good. Once they got out of rhythm and the defense didn't look good at all, obviously. So, I mean, a team with no defense, is that a team that you can't beat? Um, really, again, until we see Michigan play Ohio State and Penn State, I don't know if we're going to know much about them. And, and we certainly aren't going to know a ton about, you know, I, and I, I think, again, that that will give us a clearer picture. Whereas, again, I think with Florida State, LSU may not be what we thought they were. They're but Clemson, Clemson damn sure is, man. Clemson's good. And I oh, think, I think that will finish the year strong and that win will help us. I will say, I think Texas is good. They've got a good resume right now. You go into Alabama and win that game. Right. And it, it, that's a good win. And then they beat Kansas this weekend. But, but they have also had a couple games where they didn't look great. Yeah. They had the one half against Wyoming where they didn't right. look good, but yeah, no, I'm not saying they're a juggernaut. I, just, I think they've looked good, but it doesn't, I mean, our fans get upset because they keep dropping in the rankings. If Florida state wins out, they're going. They're going to the college football playoff. But I do think, and would you agree with this, they're going to have to go undefeated. Yeah, probably. Um, The only thing I would say, man, is if they start looking dominant, and I think that's possible. I mean, I think it's a big deal. What what Mike Norvell was talking about today, you know, as you look at it, if you you get Akeem Dent back, and and now you bring back Kentron Portier, who's a guy that in the spring looked like their number two wide receiver. We've kind of ignored the fact that he hasn't played at all. Yeah. I think if he comes back, it's a nice piece. Ja'Kai's a nice piece. Um, and then also, you know, Robert Scott's a huge deal. And so now that offensive line becomes a different group. Jordan, if he's healthy and starts to get comfortable, I think we could see this offense look like it what it did. And if it does, and if you have a stretch here with the yeah. resume they already have and you start steamrolling people, now maybe it's not the end of the world if you drop a game. Um, but they got to start playing better because right now they're not impressing anybody when they do play. Brother, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Always good to catch up with you. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yeah, man. Irish Chappelle, Warchant.com. And, uh, oh, by the way, we will do Seminole headlines tomorrow. We'll do Coach Speak later in the week, which has become a fun show to do as well. So lots of chances to catch up with Ira throughout the week as well. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant. TV. Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is... um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins. 
probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Thanks to Iris Chaffel as he joined us a moment ago. Looking forward to talking to him for some of the headlines tomorrow, as well as Corey, and kind of getting a read on what their thoughts are heading into the week uh, against Virginia Tech, just as we've done today. And also, uh, you know, I it's weird because this is a team that I think he hit on something a moment ago, Tom, that I do want to bring up here. I, I think he's right about this. For all of my concerns, and I seem to bring them up maybe more than I do the pros for this team, um, just because I, I think they're capable, if they get right, of, of making the college football playoff. And if you make the college football playoff, you've got a chance to win a national title. And that's why we play the game, kids. But I'm, I do think that if they start humming again and they get healthy and, and Jordan is willing to run, they could have a dynamic offense. And I don't think that was just because LSU's defense struggled. I do think that there was more balance on that night in the second half where you saw them dedicate themselves to running the football early in the second half. That opened things up. They threw the ball in the middle of the field. They made plays all over the field. That's really more of what we thought we would see all season long from this team. If they used it this week to get healthy and to kind of reestablish who they are and find that identity again, if that does happen and they take off and say it starts this Saturday by dominating Virginia Tech and then going from there and beating the teams you're supposed to beat, which are really all of these games here at home coming up, then Florida State will be in a prime position to be you know, ranked where everybody wants them to be, one, two, three, or four. But certainly that top three would be nice. You don't have to sweat it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, look, I, I, this is why I'm, I'm very interested in this game is, is what do they choose to be? And do they still want to do the run to set up the pass? And, and if so, do they still want to run the way that they ran the ball last year in terms of the plays, in terms of the formations? Is the answer yes across the board, or, or do they want to be something just a little bit different this year? Uh, and they wouldn't be wrong to do that. But the thing is, I think they could do what they did last year on the ground if Robert Scott's healthy. And so the, the sooner he gets back in the fold, the better. Uh, but, I, you know, if he's close but not 100% this weekend and it could be improved by waiting a week, I'd wait. Got to wait. Got to wait, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's a decision to make for Akeem Dent the same way. You know, do you have to have him this week? I'm not saying do the Jimbo thing where you, you're trying to skirt around a team and, and sit a guy and send a bad message to the team. But come no. on, folks, it's, it's, it's Virginia Tech. You know, come on, folks. Let, let's see if uh, Florida State can establish what they want to do, even if Robert Scott's not out on the field and they can cover a little bit better and make tackles in space, even if Akeem Dent is not on the field. You should be able to do that if you are a playoff caliber team against Virginia Tech. So it, it's about the edge and the focus. Uh, how sharp do they look? How quickly do they get downhill and play physically? They're going to need to this week. I mean, in short, it was a lot of fun to watch college football this past weekend. There were a lot of good finishes. Well, and you didn't uh, have anything to worry about. <laughs> right. You can kick back and relax and watch everybody else sweat bullets because everybody's going to sweat bullets this year. They just are. But I'm tired of watching other teams. I can't wait to watch what we're about. This is a, a fascinating case study for Mike Norvell. And, and these next three home games are going to help set the tone for the rest of the year. 
very rare that that noon window is your window where everybody's excited to sit down and watch college football like it was this past week. And the noon games were where it was at. And as you sat back, you kind of thought, huh, you know, I mean, obviously late at night you were watching 55 to 49 and you're thinking to yourself, who in the hell combines for 1,343 yards? Well, LSU and Ole Miss did. And while that was entertaining, it was not, it was not good football. It just wasn't good football. Um, and then you go and you watch Notre Dame and Duke, which is a rugged, old-fashioned football game filled with a lot of really hard hits, and they give it up to Sam Hartman on that run on 4th and 16, and they'll be uh-huh. ruining the day because they were that close to mattering late into the season. And now, obviously, that kind of goes up in smoke with Riley Leonard's injury as well, as we talked about. You had UCF's Big 12 home debut and they have a 28-point lead over Baylor in the second half. And choke to Dave Aranda. It was a crazy, crazy fourth-down conversion to boot. I mean, this is what – I mean, the weekend featured kind of a, a bunch of really fun games. USC and Cal – I mean, uh, excuse me, USC and Colorado was fun in the second half. It got yeah. weird. It did it get weird. weird. Georgia that. surviving Auburn was weird. Um, obviously, it was fun watching Kentucky run rough shot over Florida. Uh this is this it's been a fun year because nobody's nobody's dominant that's the theme of the show today there's a lot of chirping in orlando on friday and not not at florida state stuff i was wearing ft but it wasn't about that it was just you know a lot of bravado about ucf and what it's gonna be like that's a toughie that is a toughie uh and they'll rebound from it you know i'm a ucf's coach i've said that before so yeah, and, and Aranda got the better of him, and I'm sure he appreciates that. Dave Aranda appreciates uh, what UCF did for them in the second half of that game. But I got to tell you, my favorite play, I know that the whole world loves this kid in a way that makes you uncomfortable, but it is the fourth and 16 run. That's a breathtaking play. You go, oh, my, he could die. This man could die. He's not fast. He's going to get destroyed. And somehow, some way, he gets across that line, obviously not sliding like Kate Klubnick would have in that moment in that same yeah. building. Uh, but that was just a. Once it happened, you're like, oh, they're going to score. That's a, even though there's a ton of field to still cover. Well, you knew it. given that I had Duke plus five and a half, you can give up the field goal. You don't have to give up the touchdown with seconds on the clock. Tackle somebody, you dumbasses. That was infuriating. But hey, it's also why we like to gamble. I mean, it's yeah. the kind of kind of juice you can have in a game like that. And the other thing we talked about it in the first hour is if it's third and long and you're facing Georgia, you bracket 19. If he beats the bracket, great. If somebody else beats you, great. But don't leave him alone. Don't have a coverage bust with that kid up the seam. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, Aubrey? It was bizarre. I mean, he might be the best player in the country. He's ridiculous. You should not be able to be built like that and run like that and have hands like that. And over and over and over again, they leave you that open. But even when they did cover him, Tom, he makes impossible catches. It's ridiculous. I don't know how the hell... Brock Bowers is listed at 240 pounds. There ain't no way. That dude is huge. There's no way. Look at him. He's gigantic. He is, but I think the 1990s Mike Allstott shoulder pads probably create a sense that he's larger than he is. I'm talking about his legs. He's got massive legs. He's huge. They can never bring him down. It's embarrassing. How in the world is a kid from Napa Valley out here just killing people? Wine country, rich ass, just dominating. It's weird. And yet he wasn't as dominant as Khalil Mack was yesterday. Good God, Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. The, um, the, the slate, the NFL every weekend is fun because you end up with 
the witching hour, like you talk about on, yeah. on red zone and every game has a moment where you're like, what? They were down 23 points last I looked. And next thing you know, like that Colts Rams game, nobody would care about that game. And it goes to overtime. You're like, how is that even possible? Even Chicago Denver, which nobody should be forced to watch is a game that features a 21 point comeback. It's nuts. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, and, and yesterday, Khalil had six sacks. I mean, how many plays did they run? Like, you know, 50, 55? Over 10% of the time, your quarterback is going. It's the NFL. I get it's happened before. And and so it, I think this is the fourth or fifth time that yeah. six sacks happening. Come on. It's the NFL, folks. Six, yeah. six sacks in one game. That is disgustingly demoralizing. Uh, yeah, it'll hurt your feelings. That'll hurt your feelings. But, you know, we didn't have to worry about anything because the Bucks dominated the Saints. And meanwhile, I owe Baker Mayfield an apology. He's been awesome. He's legitimately been very, very good. I watched every second of our games, and I thought, look at you, Baker Mayfield, out here doing things you've never done. Look, this is smart decision-making. You're, you're, I mean, you are patient. You run at the right times. You're tough. All these things. I got to – I apologize, Baker. He gets two strikes a game. If you're the defense, you're going to get two chances where it's going to be late and over the middle. And oh, yeah. if, you, if you come away with both, you're in good shape. But you better get both because the other ones are the other throws, the other decisions are very good. But the game was, you know it. The game was over after the pick towards the end of the first half, and then there's a fumble, and then you, you turn right around and you score. Like that's yeah. the game right there. The but pick, if, the pick at the towards the end of the first half, there, I'm like, oh well, there's the Baker Mayfield I've always known. And yes. they get the ball back, and then obviously they score, and then from there, it's, it's a dominant effort. There's a throw over the middle too that looked just like one of the Philly interceptions on Monday night. We're going, dude. I mean, this is what do you think this is? The Big Twelve still? You think this mm -hmm. is LSU and Ole Miss? Like, God, you can't do that that late, young man. But yeah, the Bucks now are in control of the division. I think they're the favorites to win the division. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it is crazy. But if you're, you know, here's the thing: if you're going to screw yourself after uh, out of a, a good draft choice to be able to get a big time quarterback that is your future at the position, the most important position in football, at least win the division and yeah. fly that banner forever, baby, because they do fly forever. So go ahead and win the division. Screw them. It's an interesting. So they got the bye week, and uh, this isn't the scuttlebox, but um, they play the Lions after. What an interesting game. Lions Tampa, weird. Throwback. Throwback to yesteryear. Central. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we play the Bears or the Vikings or the Packers or the Lions, I'm like, ah, my childhood. Here it is on display yet again. Those poor Bears fans. I mean, those fans oh. are some of the best fans in football, and they are watching an absolute dumpster fire. That couldn't be any worse. Four, they've lost 14 straight games? That's Yeah, 13 or 14, yeah. Uh, good God, man. Yeah, and uh, you just lost a Sean Payton coach team that gave up 70 earlier this season. Well, and the Dolphins turned around and gave up 48, and the Bills were like, get you some. I'll drop a number on that ass. <laughs> so I was sitting down for a little cocktail over lunch yesterday, and there was a Dolphins fan watching on his phone, and he's talking big game and having a good time, and then he shut the hell up about 10 minutes after he started talking big game because that <laughs> they were never getting a stop yesterday. No, that was a dismantling. And that is, yeah, that see, that's the good version. That's the good version of the bills. It's a good version of when he's that way, you're like, Oh, well that's, that's, that is different. That is very different. Pains my heart in the waning minutes of the show, not to be able to do probables. I will be able to do probables tomorrow. Yeah. Cause tomorrow we have Texas and Tampa Bay at three o'clock, right. When we get off the air, 
uh, Toronto and Minnesota, Arizona and Milwaukee, and then in prime time, Director Matthew, your boys hosting Miami. Somehow Miami made the playoffs despite a negative run differential of a thousand. Um, but they're, they're in, so there it is. And this is a reminder that we are in the best time of year. The weather is getting better. When you walk out in the morning, it's glorious. In the evenings, it's nice to sit out on the deck. You can do a little grilling. You got the baseball playoffs. You're in the throes of college football. NFL, this is perfect. And I'll give you two probables for tonight. Irish Ophel and me. We're the probables on the hill for, for the smash. We're doing a bye week smash on a Monday. I thought the smash was uh, Sundays these days. It, from the bye week, we're just doing a Monday tonight. So, yep. A Monday smash. Tommy and Ira got you covered tonight at 7 o'clock on Warchan TV. Make sure you log in and watch it and enjoy that. I know uh, I'll be I'll be grilling at that time, Tom. I'll put you on in the background. There you go. All right. Good times. You grilling up some okra tonight? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> don't think I'm going to grab the okra, but we'll see. Uh, you never know. Good work out of you, director. Good work, Tommy. Thanks to Ira. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.